Hello everybody, I'm your host Jamaica and you're listening to It's Kinda Crazy with this week's guest, Lani Now. Here we go. It's so, it's so, so cool. cool. I'm like, there's so many cool people around here. Like, you just gotta you message them and everyone's been really nice, which yeah. is good. But yeah, Bailani is your yeah. business. Yes. I wanted you just to tell everyone listening if you were to summarize that, what it is. Yeah. So Bailani is a nutrition clinic. We specialize in women's health and particularly teenage female health. Uh, And then so as a nutritionist, I have patients and clients come in person to see me or I'm also fully set up to be telehealth based. So we'll do video consults. But yeah, in summary, it's a nutrition clinic. So good. Were you... Do you remember what it was that initially got you into the wellness and nutrition world from the beginning or like what drew you to it? Yeah. So I, it was an incredibly distinct moment in my lifetime and I was actually quite young. I was 11 at the oh, time. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it was one, of, it's one of those stories where like it was such an immediate point in my head, different to, I think most kind of transitions into what you want to do when you grow up is yeah because um, I also feel like 11 year olds probably wouldn't really know a lot about that yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was me the day before and oh. then the day after and then my world changed it, it was yeah and so pretty much what had happened was I had just started playing netball um, my parents were pretty keen to get me into a team sport. I was always like a pretty solo, chill kind of kid, never yeah. super into like team sports and things. Um, so I think, yeah, I was in year five or whatever at the at the time and my parents were like, you know, we really think you should do some team sports or whatever. Um, why don't you give netball a crack? And I very reluctantly was like, oh, all right. Fine. I cried before <gasps> going in. It was indoor netball. I cried down oh. at Tarrant Point sitting in the car like, please don't make me go in. And, um, yeah, that, like that particular day and game and whatever, I don't fully remember, but I think I kind of enjoyed it, obviously. And I was yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Stuck with it for a little yeah, bit after is, that. <laughs> it's all right. It's not as, it's not super cryworthy like I thought it was. And then I, um, a couple of weeks later, they had like some type of netball clinic that was being run and, um, it was like two Aussie diamond players at the time. One of them, local girl, Kim Green. Um, and then another one, Vanessa, where both local girls, um, who'd gone on, done really well in netball, very known in the netball world, but I obviously had no idea about them at the time. Um, and at the end of the two day clinic, and there was like a hundred something kids there. And I obviously super fresh, like barely yeah. even knew the rules. Um, for some reason, they picked me as like the winner of the one-on-one oh, training session, like with that's them so after, sweet. which little 11-year-old was like so stoked on. And that was actually the defining moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Like, wow, this is really cool. This is really fun. Like, I'm quite ready to go all into netball, yeah. which was so random and just so out of the blue, but I literally just remember being like okay cool like what the heck do I need to do to keep getting better and my dad is like quite a sporting background really loved his sports growing up did quite well and he basically said to me I was like what can I do dad like I want to get better and better like how and he's like well there's a couple of things you can do and they all fall under what he calls the one percent so the things that you can do one percent more than the kid next to you to get a bit better that's awesome yeah I was like okay cool like what are they tell me tell Tell me me. (laughs) and he was like well extra training obviously like more than just everyone else is doing and then you can focus on your nutrition and your diet wow so it was your dad that initially sparked it and so I was like all right what is that tell me more never thought twice about what I put into my mouth so um just did the classic like deep dives into just google at the time like social media wasn't even that big back then um so it honestly came from that and kind of took off from there yeah do you still play I actually do yes. yes I yeah I think I could never fully fully give it up like it's my favorite still way to exercise yeah. but I definitely I got to a point in my later years probably I think I was like maybe 16 or 17 where I think it became pretty apparent like if you don't go all in now you probably, you know, you need to drop everything and like deep dive into netball if you want to be a netballer growing up. Yeah. And I think it was a really interesting time of like, I was becoming like so passionate about nutrition and food and what I put in my mouth. And I knew I wanted to go and study it after school. 
Um, so it was like kind of a p- picking point, I guess. And then I um, kind of decided like, yeah, let's go the nutrition path. I still want to play netball, but probably not continue trying at that level and you know putting in all the extra hours there I wanted to put in more towards like study yeah that's great so you knew you wanted to go and study nutrition at uni yeah which you did yep I did three-year course yeah three-year course so I did um my bachelor of health science in nutrition dietetic medicine at a college so there they have a bit more of a holistic approach I guess you could call it and that was a big um a big toss-up at the start like do I go down the dietetics path and do, you know, like a become more medical a dietitian. Yeah. More medical approach, working in hospitals, um, you know, a different subset of opportunities there. Or, you know, do I go the more kind of holistic path, still getting the um, health science background, but become a nutritionist? And I think it's it's quite challenging, actually. It's a really blurred line when you're not in the industry. It's like, well, which one is which? Is one better? Is one worse? Yeah. Like, I have no idea. Um, so I just had to honestly just went with my gut on that one. I'd gone to like the uni open days for the dietitian courses and, um, the college, my, the college that I ended up going to, like I went to their open day and I think it was that open day that sold me. I was like, okay, like this is a different vibe to a uni. It's much smaller. It's much more tight knit. I like this and I'm just going to go with it. Like, you know, if, if it's not where I should be in a year or two, like I can always change, but obviously that didn't happen. I loved it and kept going. Had you have gone and done the more dietetics thing, is it quite vastly different in terms of where you go later on? Mm, It, um, so now being in it, there is definitely, there are limitations being a nutritionist that are you know, it's something that I potentially hope changes over time. But at the same point, I understand the need for both to be different. And basically, the dietitians they are, you know, government regulated. That is a protected term. And they're, right. you know, what... So you the can, same as like doctor or lawyer. Yes, yes. Yeah. Whereas technically anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, which is oh, pretty really? disappointing. Yeah. So you don't have... So doing your degree doesn't necessarily get you that title yes so you can be so obviously if you do the degree you can call yourself a clinical nutritionist or a nutritionist and put those you know special little letters at the end of your name that everyone's fighting for whereas technically anyone that does anything a one-day course could call themselves a nutritionist right but they can't put the letters and stuff but I mean the the average public don't know that so it's kind of challenging at times it's not something that I think you know, is defining the industry at the moment. Like there is enough knowledge around how to find the right type of practitioner who actually has qualifications. For sure. But in terms of, yeah, the protected term, like nobody can just walk around and just decide to call themselves a dietitian, which is really wonderful and how it should remain. (laughs) Probably good. Probably (laughs) a good thing. Um, But at the same, then they also can't get registered with the... APD, which is the accredited practicing dietitians, like to get their little letters. Body. Yes. Yeah. Um, but nutrition, you know, it's a little, little blurrier, but not everyone can just say, oh, I'm a clinical nutritionist with my Bachelor of Health Science, you know? For sure. Yeah. But anyway, in terms of what's different, like they can work in more um, hospital settings, government roles, but at the same time, we both can do private practice um I work with a lot of really really brilliant dietitians now it's just slightly different in that term but kind of overall doing the same thing of helping people with their food which is the main goal main goal exactly and you also um I was reading your website earlier ANTA accredited yes yes so that is ANTA um what do I understand Australian natural Therapies Association, yes. They are our governing body. So as like more alternative medicine because nutritionists fall under alternative medicine in terms of like naturopaths can go with them um, and so can, um, what what am I trying to remember? Acupuncture and one more. Can all get accredited under ANTA? Yes, under ANTA, yeah. Similar to how dietitians can get accredited with APD. Yeah. Yeah. So they're our kind of protecting governing body and they're brilliant because not anyone can just go and get accredited by them. You you know I what see. I mean? So you have to have done all your studies and things like that. So they've been a real game changer. They've been around for a long time, but really, really important for um, definitely nutrition as a whole. Yeah. And was that something 
Is that a course that you had to do after graduating? No. So they're just your – once you've graduated, you can sign up to try and be registered with them. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so the, is there any kind of testing or anything or they just review your case, I guess? And yeah. They're just – they're basically just – if you do your degree and you do your studies and you become a clinical nutritionist or a naturopath or you do acupuncture, you can then go and apply to be registered by them. Yep. And that is, you know – go a little bit technical but that then allows me to um get things like private health rebates and stuff like that okay i see yeah so all really important kind of almost admin type stuff yeah but the business side of things. the business side of things but keeps things legitimate <laughs> yes which is good <laughs> important in the health world yeah helps you like you know down the track as well what was the journey from getting your uni degree, doing ANTA to creating Bailani, was that something that you always knew you wanted to do or just happened along the way? Yeah. So it actually started as a blog. Yes. Um, and I started that halfway through my degree. Okay. So halfway through my degree, I was like, okay, I'm freaking loving this. Like what on earth can I do to like dive into the industry now? Like yeah. I don't want to wait around very much yeah. longer I need to do. <laughs> yeah. I need to put some of this knowledge into something. practice. Yeah. So I um I love writing. I always have. I think I realized I love writing after school and was like, okay, well like let's combine these two Isn't things. Isn't that so funny at school where people are just like, oh, writing. Yep. You know. Hated was, it. Yeah. Crazy. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is I want to do this in my spare time. <laughs> now that I'm not having to write about yeah. Shakespeare or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to write about food. We yeah. always could yeah. do that. Um, so, yeah, just started the blog, set that up and would just post whatever felt right in that moment. Different little health tips and tricks that I guess I was learning at uni. All those blogs are still definitely up on the website. I don't really keep that up anymore, which is kind of sad. I definitely should go back to it. But that was how it started. And I think once I'd started the website and the blog, I was like, oh, well, natural progression is to make an Instagram for it. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like do those same tips on Insta and drag, you know, try and draw people onto the blog. So yeah, that was, that was how it started. And that was why I actually chose by Lani as the name because it was like, you know, the blog and then at the bottom, Bailani. Bailani. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> so it just stuck, you know. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I realized that would eventually become my business name. Yeah. But you know, that's kind of great because having to think of a name for something is always the worst. Definitely. You're just like I don't know. I so don't the fact know. that kind of just worked out that way. Yeah, I didn't have to think too much of it. I think I, the probably defining part of that was that once I'd made the Instagram. And I think that ended up getting more traction than the blogs were. So I like would put more of my time and effort into posting on there back when I was, you know, yeah. getting started, I guess. Um, people start to recognize you as, oh, you're like, that's Bailani, you know? <laughs> so it becomes harder to be like, oh, actually, I'm also going to launch my clinic yeah, now, but it's to a step totally different it. name, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, I'll probably just stick with what you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is it. Yeah. No, it's a great name and, you know, it's stuck and everyone saw it. Yeah. That's interesting how the... Uh, the blog, you know, like you said, when you started, when you were really young, how social media wasn't really a thing. Yeah. And then it was like blogging and then it goes to Instagram, which is now, and I feel like now Instagram and social media is more of a thing than yeah. maybe a blog. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of like video. Yes. More video based content. Yeah. Um, Quick videos, what the people want. Yeah. <laughs> the attention spans are just not long. Oh, so no. interesting on how on Instagram, when you have like a business account and you yeah. can see the retention of how long people have watched the video yeah. for and it is wild it's like, short even a minute like won't no. 50 percent of the people won't watch it no. for 30 seconds so i've heard i in other work um that i've been a part of outside of bailani i've done a lot of like social media work I, that wasn't by choice i just kind of fell into that yeah um in other businesses that i've worked but I had a, a lady once come in do a bit of like a workshop. I don't remember her name, which is awful. Otherwise, I'd give her a shout out. Anyway, oh. she's – I might try and find out at the end. She's a super well-known kind of gym social media person. They got her in to talk to us about um, branding and things like that. And she said that there's actually research to back now that like if you don't change the frame of your video every three seconds – 
attention is like cut off. Really? Like that's how short the attention span is. Like three seconds, and then you better change the frame on whatever your video is because people will tune out. As in, like to a new shot. New shot. Yeah. So the wow. video could be a bit lo- like tiny bit longer, whatever, fifteen, twenty seconds, yeah. or up to a little bit, you know, forty five seconds or a minute. But the key to at least keeping them on for longer than three seconds is to change the the frame of that's the clip. Terrible. That's how quick their attention span is. Oh Short. my god. That's not stressful. Great. Not great. <laughs> it's not great. Back a little bit on Bailani. Yeah. Your main focus is female, yep. young adolescents yes. as well? Yeah. Yes, which now that you sort of know the background, I think the progression into that is, is quite natural, a little, of course. Yeah, I think because that was exactly the point that I got into it. It became a real passion point and a real area. And I think a lot of females in the industry do have a natural tendency to then want to work in women's health and female health. Um, but for me, particularly going, you know, a couple of years earlier to that real young adolescent standpoint is so important because I genuinely believe if we can get it right with them, we get it right with everyone. Like they're the future, you know, and there's a lot of medicine that happens. Um, there was actually a really, really good book that I'm reading at the moment called Outlive by Peter Attia. I love a good book. I recommend this one. Peter Attia. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Anyway, it's called Outlive and he talks a lot about we're in like going from medicine 2.0 to 3.0 and 2.0 is what we're in currently which is like we wait until people are sick to help them which is sad and it's awful mm-hmm. and everyone has a loved one that's gotten to that phase but 3.0 is about prevention so I think you know being in the young adolescent space it's like well that's when the habits are starting that's yeah. when people are forming their education around nutrition and exercise and well-being and it's like if we can teach them before it becomes a problem then we prevent the problem that's so true and I even remember as a kid my mum was is still is really into the fixing things naturally and all of that so but I remember growing up where if anyone got sick and she'd be like take your garlic horseradish (laughs) vitamin c and I hated that stuff because I just didn't like the, the taste of it but she was like trying to get us to take things like vitamin c and like pretty regularly and then I just start I just only take it when I was sick and she was like it's not gonna that's yeah. not helpful <laughs> you need to ongoing keep up with it. yes consistency is key yeah it's oh it's so crazy mm. but I think that's yeah it's an interesting point because I think there's also a lot that people go instantly just go oh okay what can I fix this with instant medically fix. Yeah. yeah instant medical fix yeah whereas there's not you know there there is like you can do that but then mm. there's also ways that you can do that without having to or steps that you can do before with yeah that might prevent you from having to go further to a medical yeah fix yeah definitely um I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in yep. 2019 yeah 2019 I think and yeah I remember going first uh appointment with the specialist and you know you find out you have this thing and it's mm. chronic and I was really concerned and worried I was yeah. like, you know I'm gonna have this forever and yeah. asked him things that I could do mm. to kind of help with it and if there's foods and stuff and I remember him he kind of just brushed it off and he yeah. was like it's not really food related and mm. there's not much you can do and then I went on for like probably a year after that being pretty consistently in like after eating being mm. in pain mm. and like really struggling with it and then you know you then it's just such a big part of your life because you know you friends want to go to dinner or breakfast or lunch and then it's like you just know it's so much more to think about and you're like I don't want to eat this because I don't want to sit here and be in pain or like have to run off to the bathroom or something like that or are we going somewhere where there is a bathroom because I'm I'm definitely gonna need need it it. yeah um but then yeah maybe uh from like through family again I kind of got onto a more like a naturopath kind of lady yeah um fully changed my diet for like two years yeah and it was hard. I pretty much went vegan. I did go vegan, gluten free. Yeah. Um, uh, hard to say. I say vegan because like I wasn't doing it for mm. that reason. Yeah. Um, but that was just how, the easiest way to for people to understand what I was and wasn't eating. Yeah. Um, a massive, 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 massive difference. Yeah. I was eating things and I wasn't in pain afterwards every day, which was crazy because yeah. for a really long time I'd eat something and I'd just feel awful yeah. um and that became the norm which is crazy yeah you know which was just like oh you have this and that's what you do and mm. I was medicated for it and I guess it kind of probably helped something yeah. inside <laughs> um but yeah doing that and I think I did find though like there was times where I kind of experimented on myself where I'd only I'd not take my medication and I'd only do eat 
the, all yeah. the foods and the supplements and stuff. And that would sometimes still cause flare ups and things. So yeah. I kind of have come to a bit of a middle ground with doing both. The blend. Yeah. yeah which yeah. I think is really good. But there's so many things that, um, yeah, medically, I think they just can be brushed over. Can be brushed over. And yeah, totally. That's just what maybe is taught in that yeah. area. I don't know. I haven't, I, yeah. I'm not a doctor. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like it is such an integral part. You know, this I explain it to people. I'm like, how many times a day do you eat? Yeah. And it's like, well, at least three typically, you know, maybe two on a really bad day if I'm super busy, but at least three. And you're doing that every single day. So if it doesn't kind of click that that must be having some type of impact, mm. then, you know, the education needs to improve to explain that to people. Um, but, yeah, I think the blend is important and it's something that I'm really passionate about. Like neither can exist without the other. We need the medical system, but we also need much more information and education going to the public yeah. about food, nutrition and natural well-being because yeah. it's – just your everyday and that encompasses everything you know, it's the food you eat it's how you sleep it's there you breathe it's everything around that you know 100 percent. because i think people sometimes there's like this really weird aura or like feeling around when you say oh i went to a naturopath or i'm doing yeah. it that way which is so bizarre yeah um because you'd think you'd want to fix it first without having to put something yeah unnecessary into your body yeah but yeah people get really funny sometimes where i'm like I'm, i've done it that way and they're like, oh, but, you know, the science and medicine. I'm like, I'm not taking away from that at all because no. I need both. Yeah. Like, I do need both. Yeah. Um, and, there, you know, there is instances where it can't, like, eating perfectly can't fix everything for yeah. some people. And that's where medicine is amazing. And, yeah. you know, medicine changes people's lives in that sense. But for a lot of illnesses, I think it's – I love – kind of telling people like my experience with it yeah and I'm not a doctor but it's just had an experience it's, a, it's something that other people you know might not their brain doesn't go there yeah. initially and you know your specialist probably isn't going to go through and tell you all these options in yeah. that regard yeah um, they're not taught exactly like you said they're yeah. actually not taught and that you know it's like well where do we fix do we give the doctors and specialists more education in food or do we help point people in the right direction of where to go for that type of help in addition to the doctor and the specialist. I think there's a lot of bridging of gaps that needs to happen for this holistic care that yeah, really is Yeah, because it's not one versus the other. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> let's all hold hands and do this together because yeah. people need help. 100%. No, but I think instilling, like you said, instilling those things in kids really young yeah. is super important and I'm sure there's science behind it. I don't know <laughs> the facts, but yeah, just logic, right? Yeah. Teaching kids that when they're young. Um, Set them up. Yeah, because it's kind of those things we like, wow, I wish, I, I like you said earlier, I was, even though my mom was very into like eating organically and everything, mm. when you get to the age where you're old enough to like drive yourself around and you have your own money, yeah, <laughs> everything's just like. You know exactly where you're headed, Mac. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. Like slushies. Oh, yeah. Ruined me. But, <laughs> yeah, you, I just think you kind of think, oh, you know, whatever. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Yeah. Um, Which is a bit of a luxury. Yes. But now, yeah, I get like super down rabbit holes where I'm like, wow, I have to live the rest of my life in this body and I really want yes. it to last a long time. No, definitely. Um, I think you need that's what you need kids that moment to happen. Like, yeah. They're so young at the time, so they don't know. But it's like, well, we need to figure out how to put it in a language that they understand and care about. Yeah, and for them to understand that lesson without maybe having to get to a point to have experience yeah. it personally. Yeah. So, so, so good. Um, that would be... Ideal. The ideal. Yeah, that's where we're headed, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, on that note, though, is there things that you would recommend people implement into day-to-day -day life mm. not necessarily like medical or one way or the other just yeah. things that anyone could do yeah. in their day that would have a good impact on their overall wellness no definitely I think one of the biggest ones at the moment that absolutely every human including myself <laughs> yes really in fact Lani take note I really need to listen <laughs> listen back Lani. I'm gonna re-listen to this podcast to remind myself um is our stress management and how that impacts how we eat and just obviously our day-to-day. -day. And I think 
it's kind of ridiculous the fast-paced lifestyle that we live and we were not designed for this at yeah. all and um you know there's evidence and research heavily backing this but i think the penny hasn't fully dropped for everyone is that the body still treats everyday stress exactly like we did all those years ago caveman times when humans were first evolving <laughs> um as if it's a physical stress so a good example is like you might get a stressful email come through on your phone and you read that your body's fight or flight system that it immediately goes into is the exact same mechanisms that happened back when the stress was an avalanche or you know a bear life chasing threatening. <laughs> life threatening you know and there's a bunch of changes that happen in your physiology the moment that happens um, which you know in the simplest term possible it's that you can't be in fight or flight and rest and digest so they're your two different systems and they're always opposing you you typically you like you're one or the other yeah and the fact that we basically all always function in our fight or flight mode just means exactly that we're not in rest and digest now rest and digest it's in the name <laughs> digesting food and resting and being at a healthy level of stress in your body um which the technical terms for those is parasympathetic. That's the rest and digest and sympathetic, which is the fight or flight. So if you put, you know, that down to your everyday, the fact that we basically all function all the time in fight or flight, it's just not okay, you know? So what the heck can we do to help with that? And there's some really like simple, simple things that you can do in your everyday that I always talk about. And one of them that's food related being mm -hmm. nutrition and all. Yeah. Um, is actually just focusing on your food. And I think it's such a simple concept, like mindfully eat. Just sit there and mindfully eat. But how many of us eat and go on our phones or eat on the run in the car? You yeah. are eating in fight or flight mode. You are not digesting as much as you should be or um, absorbing as much as you should be because your body is not prepared to break down that food. And I think it's kind That's of That's crazy. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah. So yeah. you think like you literally would just sit in the car like on the way to work quickly having your brekkie. So stressed because of the traffic and you're already thinking about your day ahead. Zilcho thought about what the food is. Yeah. And that might not seem like a big deal because obviously your body can deal. Your body can eat yeah. it enough, chew it enough, break it down enough that it will come out the other end. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> in a relatively appropriate time. <laughs> um, but what's not happening is that your body is not primed for that food and it is not utilizing it to the best that it can mm. because little things like yeah we're getting a little niche here but for example saliva right that yeah. happens you produce saliva when you see something yummy because there's a mechanism happening where like you're seeing the food your body is like oh my mm -hmm. gosh like <laughs> yum and saliva is it's got enzyme in, enzymes in it that help break down your food right yeah. It's first stage of digestion, starting with just your eyes or your nose when you're smelling it. And it's like, well, the fact that we barely even look at our food is a problem. Like, you yeah. know, driving on the road, eating as you go, you know, even looking. So it's like if step one is an optimized. Yeah. We've you thrown can, step one out the door. You can guarantee all the other steps are not optimized either. Yeah. That's even to just anything. I think now people really struggle to focus on one thing. TikTok, like we were saying before, like quick yeah. videos. I'm I'm a sucker for it as well. Yeah. Um because and I but I do try and like catch myself in it and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. This is so focus. Yeah. Or you'd even just like I've noticed it a lot in younger kids, like having um, younger siblings or cousins and yeah. stuff. Like my youngest sister, mm. love her, she'll probably be listening to this, but she'll have her laptop open watching something mm -hmm. on half the screen and then she'll have like messages open on the other half and then also be like doing something on an ipad the I'm triple like, screen threat <laughs> like, yes how are you you're not properly processing anything no. that's going on no but it, it's so common like it is it's actually that's the norm is yeah. having multiple screens at once as well as the humans around you or whatever else you know what i mean yeah like as well as the environment you're in yeah. it's crazy and even yeah i don't know i try and like reading a book. I love reading. So for me, that's a very easy thing to just be like, zoop, yeah. I'm focusing on that. All in. But yeah, because it's one thing where you can't, your focus can't be distracted. You don't have a phone that has access to like yeah. any information in the world. Yes. Which is such a cool thing, but also yeah. when we're talking about distractions, terrible. Yeah, definitely. Um, I always say that we weren't 
really designed to have that much information at our fingertips. Yeah. And it's overload. And it's so funny. Like this is stuff that I talk about often almost more than food with people. Because it's like, well, you know, step one to stress management is probably just let's make it not three devices, but two. Yeah. Can you just have two screens at once? Like a small step. Small step, but so, so important. Because it's wild as well how much stress, like having an autoimmune and then I had vertigo recently which was the worst but the first thing they ask you is like one of the things they ask you is have you been stressed recently Mm -hmm. and it's wild how like when I look back and think about times that maybe like my Mm -hmm. ulcerative colitis was like flaring up around stress which is so wild because you don't think about it at the time yeah but it's crazy that it has that effect on your body and yeah. even I'm sure there's effects that it has on people's bodies who don't have other pre-existing yeah. issues. Oh, definitely. It's just, it is fast becoming understood as one of the key drivers to just health issues in general, but then exactly. So like taking away actual, you know, diagnosable health problems, just people's general day-to-day well being. you know, if they're stressed, everything is going to be out of whack. Yeah. And it's what can we do to keep helping with that? And yeah, sure, mindful eating is one little thing, um, but there is a bunch of other, you know, areas that you can try and incorporate into your day, like deep breathing and things like that, to slowly move the needle on being a slightly less stressed human. And breathing through your nose, that's meant to be really good for you, right? Yes. So breathwork is, I find so fascinating, like maybe in a different lifetime or down the track, if I could go dive into some <laughs> other area, it'd be that. That would be it. There's a really interesting book that I haven't read, but I've been meaning to. I think it's literally just called Breathe or oh, Breath. I haven't heard. I'll probably. Find it and send it to you. Please, please. I. It's unbelievable the impact that, that can have. And I um I had the pleasure one time of working with the guy. His name, the Instagram is BreathPod. His name's Stuart Weitzman, I think the last name is. Anyway, Stuart's the name. I had been just crushing on his work for a long time because he just makes breath work cool. And he does yeah. like these cool live sessions on Instagram live and stuff like that. Anyway, I got to um, do a bit of an interview thing with him at one point And he talks about how like you literally just have to take just a couple of moments to breathe and actually just focus on your in and out. And he's got all these different techniques that you can do. One really easy one is breathing in through your nose for seven seconds. Um, for four seconds, breathing. Sorry, let me try. It's <laughs> been a long day. It's the four, seven, eight breath work. So you breathe in through your nose for four seconds, hold it for seven seconds, and then breathe out through your nose or mouth. People do both mm-hmm. um, for eight seconds. Okay. And it's like if you can repeat that process three to five times, you can essentially get yourself into that rest and digest system that we're talking about. So if you put that into practice, like you can do that while you're driving or you can do that just before you eat and it takes all of, what, 30 seconds of your day. Yeah. But will have an unbelievable impact to your body. That's cool. Two two things there that we've just spoken about that aren't nutrition related at all but have such a massive um, impact. Yeah, for sure. Is there a nutrition-related one Mm. that is kind of a popular... Yeah, for stress management? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm just going to go down the little, the actual like calling out a nutrient. Shout out to a nutrient, (laughs) mineral. (laughs) Love it. Um, Magnesium. That's like the number one for stress in the body and relaxation and does get harped on about a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But kind of key foods that it's in is those like dark leafy greens. Um, Non-surprisingly, it's in cacao, so chocolate. So I'm like, Mm, yes, you better eat your chocolate. Good excuse to have chocolate. (laughs) Um, And a bunch of other things. But basically, magnesium as a powerhouse nutrient is, you know, one of those key ones that helps people de-stress in their body it's very known for it's like physical relaxation hence hence why people have like magnesium salt baths and things like that Uh, um yeah but yeah it's kind of in that process of helping your nervous system regulate basically um just a key driver so i you know always food first but i don't think there would be many situations where i wouldn't be happy for somebody to be on some type of magnesium supplement because we need help getting it and it's so powerful um so yeah yeah that's another thing of um it's always you know taking a supplement is better than 
not doing it at all. Yeah. But yeah, finding foods yes. and ways that you can get that without doing that. Yeah. Because um, I think it's a really interesting like difference, yeah, right? Definitely. The taking it naturally versus what a yeah. tablet can give you is like no, totally tenfold. It's kind of really cool when you start to dive into the science behind that nutrient in the food and then yeah. how it's replicated in a supplement or vitamin and food always knows best like all these n- vitamins minerals nutrients that are present in foods they're always there with the right cofactors I guess as you can call them so the other things that help them be best absorbed right yeah so I think the classic one that people slowly are becoming more aware of is turmeric and how yeah they're like okay cool it's all well and good to take turmeric on its own but really it needs to be had with a fat and then also with black pepper and so Mm. yeah to make it most absorbable and if you look at traditionally like cuisines where turmeric is used it's in curries and things so obviously black pepper having healthy fats in their legumes and things like that all helped it be absorbed at that point when it was used in its traditional way yeah whereas we tried to replicate it and just chuck it into a into a latte latte. (laughs) well maybe we have a little more work to do around that quite the same food does know best always yeah Um, so yeah this and this could be this could be wrong so correct Mm -hmm. me if you know any better but also i've read the order you eat things like yeah. eating fruit on an empty stomach, your body will best absorb nutrients that way. And then uh, like drinking cold drinks after or whilst eating mm. isn't very good because then it makes it harder to break down in your stomach. Yeah, yeah. There is – I am – this divides the okay. nutrition world a lot. <laughs> and I've caused controversy. Yeah. <laughs> Internal conflict. Yeah. Um, no, it's – I am on the – side of all the things that you just said definitely have a place and have an element of truth to them so um the first one being the order in which you eat your food like it does make an impact because it's kind of how the the main impactor that it typically has is on your blood sugar right so if you're kind of priming the body with fiber rich foods Mm -hmm. um it makes the glucose-rich foods kind of less spiky, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of evidence and research that backs those. The The part that then people jump on the other side of is like, well, you know, why are we always making it so difficult for people to eat? Like if they're going to eat their food, let's just let them eat it in the order that they want because it's good enough that they're eating it anyway. It's like, yeah, okay, that's there that's, is Yeah, that's there's merit true. to that for Fine. sure. Yeah, go for it. Like – if eating your food in this particular order isn't feasible for you in your everyday, don't worry about it. But if you do have the time, space and capacity to focus on things like that, then also go for it because it does have an impact, yeah, particularly on blood gl- glucose um, and protein also. Like having protein-rich foods earlier in the day, you know, it can also not just be the order in which you have the individual foods, but the order in which you have your meals throughout the day so you know a protein rich breakfast is known to help with managing your cravings for the whole day so people that don't have protein in their breakfast are known to have more sugar cravings later in the day so there's like that side to it too and then the the cold water thing I'm like I'm pretty a fan of at least making people aware of that like just I think the take home is like don't drink a ton exactly it's obviously not the end eating. of the world like yeah, it's not the end of the world like I'll pick my battles you drink cocktails for dinner like, yeah, yeah people do it yeah. it's not you're it's not okay. gonna hurt yourself <laughs> but like yeah it's just something I I read and obviously you know having digestive problems with ulcerative colitis there's things that you kind of read into and yeah just anything might help yes. with that but for your regular joe yeah drink drink a cocktail with your pasta yeah it's fine. that's okay you're gonna survive <laughs> yeah no but just something um yeah like drinking lemon and hot yeah. water in the morning Good or help, helps your digestion yeah that's something i read it's so it's an overwhelming like i don't know how you don't get overwhelmed oh you do such a crazy like you could just go down so many rabbit holes yeah and then it's also that thing of not one thing works for exactly like things i've done you know take it with a grain of salt because it might not work for you yeah and like i have friends who have crohn's or yeah and stuff and things that they can and can't eat it's i can eat fine yeah and yeah i think it's really about finding what works for you yeah personally yeah personalized approach because you can try you can try everything yeah but something still might not land yeah yeah 
no, you're that it actually ties in really well to what we were talking before about the medicine aspect. I think that's what needs that's probably the pivotal thing that needs to change from traditional medicine is that we give one disease one blanket medication or answer or treatment maybe there's two treatments three maybe at times that's yeah. it it's like okay so the whole population should fall into those one Works two for or everyone. three categories and it's like oh my gosh unbelievably wrong of course that makes sense that that's wrong because it's not taking into account the niches of that individual person and sure it can probably help the majority or yeah. to an element help in aspects but it's like yeah the such the important takeaway is that everything needs a personalized approach and that's why every and every human deserves that every human Hmm. deserves to have people take into consideration their individual needs and uniqueness yeah because it's obviously you know you need an element of wanting to push yourself and drive yourself to find what works for you but then sometimes you need the help of someone else because it can be so disheartening like speaking personally even when trying a million things under the sun and I know you know, I'm very fortunate even in what what I have. It's very mild compared to some other people. Yeah. But, yeah, I can know how disheartening it can be, like yeah. trying thing after thing and not having it work. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of why I'm always just like, you know, tr- you got to try everything. You gotta, yeah. What works for someone else isn't always going to work for you. But Yeah, don't give up. Yeah, finding, what, finding your thing. Because then once you've got it, it's so good. Yeah, it's like you've got it. Routine, you know, yep. get it going. Yeah. Definitely broke away from that for a little bit because you know it was like oh my god i've done this for so long i just want like a chalk i just want milk chocolate yeah cadbury milk chocolate please give me the milk chocolate chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) magnesium (laughs) probably not the go-to chocolate in terms of health (laughs) but hey that's what i'll tell my brain that yeah i'm like food for the soul it's just as important food for the soul i love throwing that out there yeah when i'm like you know, I'm like, I know this isn't um, this isn't going to make me feel good later, yeah. but my soul is going to be stoked. My soul is going to really, really need this. You need it sometimes. No, need- it's true. Food is, they say this all the time, food's your most intimate relationship. And it's true. Like, you know, it has such an impact on how you feel emotionally and physically. So have those food for the soul moments because <laughs> they're necessary. <laughs> you need it. No, and... Just on Bailani overall, like you've gone to do some really cool collaborations and things. Like I remember seeing your Refinery Twenty Nine yeah, when you did that, and I they were, that was such a cool thing to see because I read their things all through school. I was always on Refinery Twenty Nine, like reading. Me too, Money Diaries. Which, yes, oh my god, <laughs> which was maybe such a niche. I don't know. I think it's a super popular website now. It's now, but yeah. I back then it was like. I don't know how I came across it. but no, yeah, totally. And their YouTube channel, did you love that? Because I was obsessed. I don't know if I got on the YouTube channel as much, to be honest. I loved, like, just reading all the articles. It yeah. was usually in school when before, like, you know, you can't have headphones in to watch the videos. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you do the old, like, oh, yep, swipe across and yeah. the teacher comes. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> no, I'm really focused on this piece right Exceptionally now. Exceptionally focused. Um, but, yeah, you've had some really cool opportunities with it. Which yeah. is, must be super exciting. No, super, definitely super grateful. The I will shout out the Refinery29 was an incredibly pinch myself moment because I was just as you were. And yeah, maybe this was a niche. I don't know, but I was obsessed with, with Refinery29. And I think I'm not, I, like you could ask anyone in my family, like I'm not kidding when I say that was my goal. Yeah. Like if one day I can get on Refinery29, like I want to work for them, something. So amazing. I almost cried when that opportunity That's came so up. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so grateful. But yeah, I'm very blessed with, I think, you know, all those things, they're cool and they're, they're stuff that I'm super grateful for. But I definitely, the most important thing is that it gets the message across to more people. You know, these platforms are there for a reason. And if I can be lucky enough to, to talk or convey a message on them, all that means is that some more people might hear it and then might learn something from it. Yeah, which is the ultimate. The ultimate goal. The ultimate, like, warm and fuzzy and, you know, someone someone who hears it needs it. Yes, yes. Or Definitely. someone who needs it, hears it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that Probably makes more not. sense. Hey, it made sense to me. <laughs> you got what I meant. Um, and I did want to ask, because I, I don't know a lot about it, but mm. you, I keep seeing you're doing a lot with eucalyptus. Yes. And is it June? Juniper. Juniper. Yes. Yeah. So what is that? Yeah. So there, I actually am, like, there. eucalyptus is a company that I'm employed by at the moment, and they're actually who I do predominant amount of my work for. I still have my Bailani clinic, but that was actually an opportunity that came up early in the year that I was like, 
my gosh, that's going to take me off my, my, what I thought my path was for the next couple of years, but kind of need to take this. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm really stoked I did. So basically Juniper is a weight management program, yep. basically. And that, again, it's working kind of on that opposite scale of where I have been, right? So I love preventative well-being, teenage health, and I love working with the teens and they're just so beautiful and it's a very different environment. But yep. n- the people that need help now still need help now and that is everyone sure. with chronic conditions and stuff like that. And I think um, diving into that space was probably not something that I really thought I would do at this present moment, um, but it's been so rewarding. So basically, yeah, I work with the women on the program um, from the nutrition perspective to support their weight management. And it's just such a cool area and space to be a part of because it's telehealth, right? So where, you know, I in Bailani can work with, you know, maybe eight people in a day, five people if it's a slower day yep. or more if they're all follow-up consults and they're like 30 minutes long. But one human gets 30 to 60 minutes of my time, give or take, right? And so that's amazing. And that type of one-to-one deep dive work is necessary. But telehealth side of things and how Juniper functions is that these women with Juniper can actually have me working with them on a telehealth platform, which means they can just send me a message or um, we can do calls and things like that, of course, um, or I can send them voice notes. And it's hard to explain in, in kind of simple terms I'm like it's sort of like having a nutritionist in your pocket yeah so really different so for me as the practitioner like I can touch base with a hundred women in one day in a more kind of casual setting like it's like yeah. basically a chat between practitioner and patient which is really great because you know sometimes there's just things that it's like you don't know yeah you don't know google you're not sure because there's yeah. a million different things on google yeah doesn't really warrant going and booking an appointment yes. with someone yeah but yeah that's really yeah especially really like good. they're you know they're on juniper for weight management so the end goal is there like i'm clear on where we're headed you yep. know whereas one-to-one in private practice like girls will come to me for all different reasons mm. i have period problems they're really low energy they're wanting to do better at their sport like there's a whole bunch of things and when we dive into those, lots of other problems kind of pop up, right? Yeah. Whereas this is like, it's very clear the end goal and I'm just supporting those people along that journey. But really different space, very, very cool. And I do think like telehealth does actually have to be the future of healthcare as well because there's never going to be enough practitioners to service everyone. So it's like, well, how can we keep that element of care but reach as many people as possible, you know? Yeah. So anyway, it's cool. I'm loving it. Eucalyptus is a hectic company to work for. Like they are very, very cool, very cutting <laughs> edge. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. I literally couldn't um, couldn't be more grateful. Some of the most brilliant people I've ever met work in that company. And I think just getting to be so innovative in how we deliver healthcare yeah. is cool. It's really, really cool. And massive, I think, since COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which, you know, obviously really shitty time yeah, in the world the but there has been a lot of good things good things come out of it like that um and you know working from home and people's like work-life balance yeah. I think is much better yes necessary it needed to happen yeah yeah no, that's really cool that sounds awesome yeah, yeah I keep seeing it pop up and I was like I'm gonna ask her yes, remind yes. myself to ask her I'm glad you did no I love it it's yeah super grateful to be working there yeah working in wellness mm. and nutrition and you obviously get the opportunity to impact so many other people's lives. How has the path you've gone down impacted your mm. journey? Oh, what a lovely question. <laughs> I like, <laughs> um, oh, like massively of, of course, but I think my day to day, you know, I think it's pretty rare that you can say you genuinely love your job and the work I get to do every day doesn't feel like work. Like I wake up so excited to do what I get to do because I'm like, holy crap, I I am fortunate enough to get to help people my day to day and hear the feedback from them, how they're feeling and how they're going. And it's a really beautiful industry to be a part of, I think. Um, so, you know, of how that impacts me, I, I couldn't be more grateful to genuinely love the work I get to do because 
you work a lot in your life. Oh, yeah. Most of your week is work, um, which means most of your life ends up being work. And I think I will always be so passionate about do what you love and find something that you love to do because we spend too much time working for us not to be so deeply passionate about it, I think. And, you know, there's always going to be times where you just, work is work. You, you're you not what's the phrase not living to work or working to live yeah you know the one um but at the same time I think it's just important to find that balance find something you care about to do and I I feel fortunate enough to do that so it's impacted me that's so cool I always love you know I was in a similar boat where like I knew what I wanted to do and I'm I do it and I love it and I say the same thing a lot to other people yeah I feel very lucky to have always been so sure of what I wanted to do and to love working in that industry yeah but massive massive impact on your day on your day on life on everything um but yeah to wrap it up I guess you've done a lot of really cool stuff as we were just kind of talking about a couple of them is there a goal is there something in the future that you're kind of wanting to do or just stoked to be where you are at the moment yeah I honestly stoked to be where I am I feel like I never typically have these specific end goals, but I think each week it feels like something new pops up that I'm like, oh yes, all in. And I definitely am just at that phase of like, take every opportunity you get thrown your way. And beyond that, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have had the experiences that I've had, I think, if you just don't treat people well, you know. And I honestly think, like, the more you grow up and, you know, business life and whatever and careers and stuff, it's like at the end of the day, it's just people. Yeah. So if you're good with people, you know, you might get a few opportunities here and there to keep going and trying new cool things, which I am so grateful for the ones that I've had. And if nothing else came away, like, that's okay too, um, as long as I just am comfortable with how I treat everyone around me, whether that be in a work setting or a, a patient or a client that I work with. Um, so, yeah, the long-term goals, I don't know. I just – I definitely think – one day when I can continue to just pour everything into Bailani will be so cool. And I have so many different like ideas and things that I would want to do with that business. Um, but at the same time, so happy to go on little tangents as I go of like whatever opportunity comes up, which, you know, kind of was Juniper and Eucalyptus at this present moment. Um, so, yeah. And you get, you get, you know, you learn from any yeah. experience you do, yeah. whether whether it be good or bad, you're going to get a lesson out of it. Totally. So, totally yeah. agree with that. Perfect. Thank you. I just want to say thank you so, so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you for having Everyone, me. Everyone go check out by Lani. By underscore Lani. Correct. L-A-N-I. Yes. Awesome. That's it. Thank you so much. Yeah.